Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time it is you're listening to this program, uh, welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And yes, we're here at round two of Dallas week. Dallas hate week, as we like to say. And it doesn't get any better than this. And there's a lot riding on this game for sure, as it often is the case when these two teams come together. But in this case, the Eagles are trying to get back off the deck after being slapped around and beaten to a pulp by the 49ers last weekend as they come to the end of the juggernaut, of the gamut. You know, they got this one on the road here against Dallas and then next week on the road against Seattle before things begin to lighten up for the Eagles for the remainder of the year, um, schedule-wise. That doesn't mean that they can't take those games seriously because, uh, you know, two of them are against a divisional opponent and one of them is against their ex-coach. So all, you know, those games are are teams that um, really don't have a lot to play for other than just to play spoiler. And you got a feeling that they, they may just want to do that. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to them when we get to them. Uh, but right now, our focus is on Dallas and hopefully the Eagles focuses on Dallas and to get their acts back from gear after what was not a good display of football last week. And I, you got to give the 49ers credit for a lot of that. Um, they, uh, as I mentioned in the last podcast uh, with Matt, and by the way, uh, shout out and thanks again for Matt for giving time for the program. And uh, I'm sure we'll have him on again before the end of the season. But um if you missed the last podcast, I encourage you to go back one podcast and check it out. It should be uh, 172. I think this is podcast 173, I believe. <clears throat> and a couple of things here before I get started and before I forget. You know, we're going to definitely get into the game, keys of the game, my prediction, and some other things and newsworthy uh, that came out this week um, as far as the Eagles are concerned. And and um, I there's actually a couple – uh, mistakes that I made in the last couple of podcasts. And one of the errors I remember, and the other one I don't. But there were two statistical um, faux pas, errors that I made. One, and I don't remember the other one. I think it was the podcast before the one I had on with Matt. But the one I had on Matt with Matt, I did say on the podcast that TJ Edwards, the former Eagle linebacker with the Bears, led the NFL in tackles. And that is not correct. And he was at one point this this season, but he is currently fifth. So he's not leading. He's fifth. So I wanted to make that uh, correction there. Don't want to give you bad information. And I and I mistakenly did last podcast. He did at one time. He was leading uh, the NFL in tackles, and he is still the top five. And that was my point: is that he's having a great season. But uh, st- you know, I, I was off in terms of um, he, he does not currently lead the NFL in tackles. He is fifth. And I forget what other uh, I did. I think in the previous podcast, I also said something that wasn't um, 100% accurate. And I forget what it was now off the top of my head. So I'll try to do that when I can. You know, every once in a while, I'll give my old my uh, podcast a listen. And if I do catch something that I said that was not accurate, um, I will make sure I, I correct that on the following podcast. So, um, but most of the time, I mean, I'd like to think that everything I give out is accurate. And I, I do fact check typically. But sometimes you're just in conversation like I was with Matt. You know, I might have randomly come up and say something that 
you know, may not be factually accurate, um, at least in, in terms of a current time frame. And that's what happened with the TJ Edwards stat. So the other thing, oh, the other thing I noticed is when I'm listening, I do have a noisy chair. If you can hear this, I'll just give a little. So sometimes you'll hear, you know, this in the background. And that's just my chair because it does sound like something else. <laughs> if you get with my drift. Uh, and uh, I can tell you that I'm not passing gas on the air. Uh, but sometimes the chair does make a noise that uh, does sound like that. And one of them did. I think it was last episode as well. And I'm like, whoa, that didn't sound good. And I knew it was my chair. But uh, you as the audience may not think it was my chair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got to get a, a less noisier chair uh, for the podcast. So we'll work on that. Um and one way you can help me out, by the way, with that is by rating and following and sharing this podcast with uh, other Eagle fans. Making sure you follow it so when an episode drops that you get an alert uh, that it's a uh, new one has dropped. And, uh, yeah, that's one way you guys can uh, help the program, and I appreciate that. And I thank you for listening, as always. Remember, uh, I'll give this a shout-out. You can email us at the show at petwgp at gmail.com. Again, P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. You can let us know your thoughts, make a comment, ask a question. I'll answer it live on the air. Um, really anything. It's just a, um, it's a channel uh, that you can uh, communicate with the show. So uh, take advantage of that. All right. So with all of that now out of the way, um, good news report. I usually wait a few minutes and get into the injury list. Uh, a little bit into the podcast, but the Eagles and the Cowboys, for that matter, are both healthy for those games. Everyone that was um, on this injury list is limited practice uh, during the podcast that earlier this week with Matt. Uh, everybody's playing. So it's good news because the Eagles get Cunningham back at linebacker, which is probably the biggest add-on other than, of course, Dallas Goddard, who is coming back at the lower end of his four- to six-week uh Expectation to be out when he broke his arm. Um, so he is making his return and couldn't happen at a better time. Of course, we could have used him last week too, but um, but really this is, a, this is a huge game. And to have Dallas back for Dallas, ironically, is huge for the Eagles. So Goddard's back, Cunningham's back at linebacker. Of course, Shaq Leonard will get his first uh, action as a Philadelphia Eagle. So our linebacker situation should be better. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, everybody is ready to go. Fletcher Cox, you know, he's been kind of banged up with his groin. He's okay and off the injury list. Um, so everybody is uh, – is everyone's a go. Lane Johnson, again, you know, came in back from his groin issue as well. He's full go. So everyone is accountable for and ready for Dallas. And vice versa, Dallas is healthy for the Eagles. All right? So as it should be, both teams healthy and uh, ready to lock horns on Sunday night football. It'll be the uh, national game, obviously, on NBC tomorrow night. I'm um, shooting this podcast or recording it, I should say, on here Saturday. So uh, I wanted to get it out on Friday. Apologize I didn't get any extra days. That's really going to hurt me more than anybody else because I, I get the podcast out a day later than I wanted to. And you have less time as a listener to listen to it. But um, nevertheless, wanted to make sure I got it out. And um, Now, one thing I did make mention of uh, during – the podcast with Matt uh, earlier this week was I wanted to take a look at the alt 22 footage 
uh, to really get a better idea as far as what was going on with Jalen Hurts versus the 49ers. And I was able to do that. And much like I suspected and assumed before I was able to watch the tape, uh, Jalen is struggling. Um, he is hesitant with the ball. These are some of the claims that I made during last podcast and the the post game, by the way, of the 49ers, just in my observation of watching the game. And again, not having the opportunity at that time to have seen and viewed the all 22 tape, which is for those of you not sure what that is, that's the overhead view that the NFL shoots of games comes out a little bit later release wise. Uh, You're able to kind of see the overhead view as far as what was open, what not, you know, be able to see what the routes were, what J- where Jalen was looking, all those type of things. So it's a it's a pretty neat feature, and uh, so now having to watch it, haven't had watch it. Um, I can confirm what my original beliefs were, and that is that again, there were guys open, and Hurts for whatever reason is not letting the ball go. He's not throwing it, and he even here's the other thing: there was two things I was looking at. Who was open? Because I was assuming they were, especially the the. You know, when Hertz had five or six seconds back there, I figured someone had to be open. But you know what? Here's the thing. There were routes where Hertz right off the bat, they were open, and Hertz was looking at them. So he even saw that the receivers were open, and he did not throw the ball. So another assumption I'm going to make is that, obviously, the coaches have to see this, and they have to be – on Hertz this week about what the heck's going on and why he didn't throw to X, Y, and Z when X, Y, and Z were open. So I kind of was hoping I didn't see that because that's really concerning to me. And that's what I thought was happening. But now that I can confirm it, it just tells you that Jalen is not, he's not seeing the field well right now. And also, it wasn't like the 49ers were doing anything too complicated from a scheme-wise on defense. That's the other thing that's concerning. They weren't hiding any type of coverage. Um, some plays, they weren't even blitzing. He was just not throwing the ball to open guys. Now, only Jalen can answer why. I don't have those answers. I can't tell you why that is. I can just tell you now with full confidence that that's what was happening at various times during that 49er game. And that is concerning because that Jalen cannot show up against Dallas and expect to win. So I don't want to get too crazy about it. You know, everyone's entitled to having an off game. Maybe he just wasn't seeing the ball well. I did see uh, some footage also um, of Kurt Warner, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, who was also reviewing some of uh, what he saw on the Jalen Hurts Alt-22 tape. And what he said was interesting. He goes, there are days when he, he when he played, didn't see the field as well as other days, as other games. He says it just happens. You know, it's, it's one of those things. He says, um, so maybe it's just a game where Hurts was not seeing the field well. The other thing that he showed, which I also was saying that he's been doing, and I've been saying this for a number of weeks now, is he's leaving the pocket too soon. Kurt Warner mentioned that as well. He said he's not trusting his line right now. He's leaving and getting out of the pocket. And that, and because he's doing that, there's guys open on the other side of the field where he's not running from. 
and uh, he's not seeing him at all because, of course, he's running the other other direction. So that was another critique. So it confirms what I'm seeing with my eyes and what I've been talking about with Hertz. And that's something that he, again, he did that his rookie year in his first season. He didn't do that much at all last year when he had such a great performing year. But he's falling back on old habits and doing that again right now uh, as far as leaving the pocket too soon. As far as reading the defenses and not being reluctant to throw the ball, that's almost something new. He's not really ever done that to this extent, to this level, because it happened repeatedly in the 49er game. So why he wasn't just throwing a ball um, to open guys, uh, it's puzzling, to say the least. So uh, let's hope that Jalen fixes those mistakes and, uh, and you know, just goes out there and, and plays focused football, um, fearless football tomorrow against the, uh, well, by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll be tonight versus the uh, Cowboys. So wanted to confirm that those type of concerns and things that I brought up last couple podcasts are true. Um, so now the other thing, this is going to be probably a shorter podcast than normal. It's really just the, the pregame pod. Uh, I already gave some of my thoughts and certainly we had Matt talk about, you know, the game and what his thoughts were, uh, and gave his prediction, um, keys to the game for me. And some of these are repetitive because for the Eagles in order to win and some of the strengths of the team, the strengths of the team need to be recognized. They need to come out. It didn't happen versus the 49ers in terms of a pass rush. So the first key of the game to me is the pass rush, getting to Dak, knocking Dak off his spot. That has to happen. It has to happen. Dak is playing the best football that I've ever seen him play. And that's a compliment to Zach, obviously. To Dak, rather. It's a compliment to him. Um, He's having a great year. And the offense is really, really playing well recently, especially. Now, their opponents haven't been all that formidable. But regardless, they've been moving the ball and scoring a lot of points. And Dak has been leading the way. So they have to get the Zach. I keep calling him Zach. They have to keep Dak, and they got to get him off his spot. They don't get to him, actually, in terms of a sack. they got to get him off his spot. Rattle him, you know, hit him early, um, let him know you're there, you know, because that is areas in the past where Dak gets rattled. And that's when he starts throwing picks. I said this the first game that they played, that Dak was due for a bad game against the Eagles. Because even when Dak was struggling the last couple of years, he always plays well versus the Eagles all the time. He like I can't remember the last time he had a bad game versus the Eagles. So he always plays well against the Eagles to begin with even if he's not riding high and playing against everybody well like he is right now. So I'm going to say this again. Dak is due for a bad game against the Eagles. Will it be tonight? It's due to be tonight. One of these times he's got to have a bad game. Now, some people could say, well, he, he struggled a little bit the first game this year because he had a chance to win the game and didn't. Well, that's true, but he still played well overall in the game. But you're right. He did have a chance to win the game, multiple chances, actually, and did not do it. So they came very close. I was there. Matt was there. We were both there. 
we saw it in person. Uh, it was very, very close. But he didn't do it. So would you count that as Dak struggling? Well, I don't know. He still played pretty well, but certainly did struggle when it counted the most. So he also might be looking at this game as a redemption game. Like, hey, you know what? Should have won that game. I'm going to go out tomorrow and, or tonight and really uh, put it to the Eagles. You know, that could very well be his motivation for tonight's game, other than the fact that, you know, home field, well, not home field, but uh, potentially home field, but the, certainly the NFC Eastern division is on the line tonight. Huge game. Now for the Eagles, outside of the pass rush, they need to contain CeeDee Lamb who is becoming a eagle killer, let alone Dak. C.D. Lamb almost had 200 yards receiving in the first game, which is insane. Now, the Eagles were without Josh Job in that game. Or not, is it Job? No, it wasn't Job. I'm trying to think of who, the, uh, who their slot corner is, the guy they got from the Saints. His name escapes me right now. But they, didn't, they basically they were not, they didn't have their starting slot corner, which I think was a factor in the game. Um, he's back um, for this one, um, but he's not been all that impressive either, you know. And the bottom line is, even if you need to double CeeDee Lamb in this game with maybe a safety and a, and a slot corner, I, I don't know how they could do it. Um, but they can't have him go off for, you know, close to 200 yards again. So I would let someone else beat you, fellow Eagles. Take Dak, I mean, Dak. Take uh, CD out of the game. And I don't know how they're going to design defense to do that. That's up to Sean Desai to do that. But I would try to take CD Lamb out of the game as best as possible and then let someone else beat you, whether it's the tight end who's having a pretty good year, Ferguson, or Cook who's having a resurgence. He didn't do anything in the first game. Really didn't do anything first half of the season. But Cook is coming on now uh, suddenly. So those are, you know, but let those guys beat you because CeeDee Lamb's been killing you. And he is the best wide receiver and their best, biggest threat. Uh, they pretty much shut down the Cowboys' rushing attack this year. At least they did in the first game. You know, Pollard didn't do much. Um, not really concerned about the run, although I have to say, and they're giving up a lot of rushing yards lately. So... You know, could this be a game that Powell breaks out because the Eagles are really struggling against the run here lately? I still don't think run defense is, is an issue with the Eagles, uh, even though they're not really stopping the run as they were at the beginning of the season as well. Um, but certainly they can't have the Dallas run all over you. So, um, you know, they need to they need to make sure that they sure up the run, uh, which I don't really think is going to be a problem, but, you know. If, 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 you know, if it's the first or second quarter tomorrow and, and the, or tonight rather, and the Cowboys, you know, have 75 yards rushing already, uh, that's not a good sign. So Eagles need to stop the run and stop CeeDee Lamb. Let the other guys beat you. Get the pressure on Dak. You know, it sounds simple. It's a lot harder to do than I'm kind of saying, but those are the keys. That's what the Eagles need to do defensively. From an offensive standpoint, they need to get their act together offensively. You know, and it's mainly Hurts. I'm going to go to Hurts because, you know what, big games, it's on your quarterback. And Hurts needs to, especially since he's getting a lot of criticism this week in the national media, um, 
you know, I think Hertz needs to show why he's an MVP candidate in this game. You know, it's rare that he loses two games in a row back to back, number one. Um, so that's in his favor. But I think Hertz needs to come out here and and have an MVP type performance in Dallas. What am I mean? Sorry about that. Couldn't get the words out. What do I mean by that? Well, what do I mean? 270, 280 yards passing, three touchdowns. Passing touchdowns. And, um, you know, the Eagles putting 30-something points on the board. I think if the Eagles do that, they win the game. If Hertz does that, they win the game. Ball control. So as I'm talking about passing statistics, the Eagles need to be able to run the ball and not get away from the run like they have been. So especially against this Dallas team where the Eagles defense has been horrible, pass defense has been awful, the worst in the NFL over the last six weeks. The worst. That's dead last, folks. Dead last in passing defense over the last six weeks in the NFL. The Eagles. Nobody else. Not the Carolina Panthers. Not the some other terrible teams. Whatever. Pick your terrible team. Eagles are dead last in pass defense. So how do you combat that? Other than play better is ball control. Chew up the clock with your own offense, which means run the ball effectively. And the Eagles really need to get back to that. I don't know what's going on. They have the best offensive line in the league. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to run the ball successfully, but it's not happening. So I think the Eagles have talked a lot this week about the running game and what's going on. So hopefully they put a little extra emphasis on it. But here's the thing. If the Eagles get down early in this game, you know they're going to abandon the run. Because they always do. So keep this game close. Stay at the running game. Stay at it. Give Swift some carries here. You know? Use Boston Scott. Of course, you got Gainwell, but, you know, use these guys. I want to see a lot of Swift tomorrow. All right. And then, you know, as far as Passing-wise, you have Goddard back, which should help. Should help Hurts. So, but, you know, get AJ, get Devontae, get both of those guys involved early. Get Goddard involved early, especially him because he's, you know, he's been off for about a month. So, you know, get the ball out to these guys. And maybe take some shots deep, you know. Maybe go take a shot to Watkins deep. Have him send him deep. You know, and see if he can catch the you know the Cowboys by surprise, and hopefully Watkins catches the ball. But he caught every one that was thrown to him last week. Although there was none of them deep, but maybe take a shot deep early in this one. Try to open up a little bit. Here I am saying about you know they should control the clock and ball control, and I'm now I'm telling you they should take a shot deep. I'm just saying early in the game, take a shot deep. And it doesn't mean it has to go to Watkins. Take a shot deep to Devante or AJ. But I would take a shot deep. You saw what DK Metcalf did to Bland. Last game for the Cowboys. I mean, he burnt the heck out of him the whole game. Toasted him. He had 125 yards receiving, I think, and a couple touchdowns in the first quarter. 
against Bland. And A.J. Brown is our D.K. Metcalf. They're built the same way. Big guys, tall, fast receivers. You know, maybe take advantage of that matchup. I don't know if they're going to put Bland on A.J. Brown, but if he is, maybe that's the guy to take a shot deep to. You know. So. Now, a couple of things that came out this week in the media, some reports, are the fact that apparently there was an interview with Frank Reich. And I forget what station or who actually did the interview with him or who was talking to him. But it was a local media Philadelphia guy, I believe. And what Frank told um, was said was that when he was in Philadelphia, the Eagles, when they were game planning, relied on the analytical group, you know, to give them all the analytics about the team they were playing that week. And they would design the game plan off the analytics. Now, we've heard in the past about Jeffrey Lurie being huge on the analytics and pushing analytics on to the coaching staff. And that's one reason why, or the rumored reason anyway, that Doug Peterson left the Eagles or didn't want to stay with the Eagles. And the Eagles finally let him go because he was, you know, having some bickering and some issues with the Eagles internally. And the Eagles decided to, to let him go. And it was because Doug wanted more control. And I think he probably wanted more control over the game planning and not be listening and be forced to, to deal with the analytics to focus his game plan around, which I don't blame him for, quite honestly. I think analytics are good to have, but they shouldn't be mandated as being used to design a game plan around. You could use that information. This is just my opinion. If I was a head coach, I would use that information as obviously useful information. And then, yeah, maybe it would shift some some potential plans that I had. Maybe I'd do some things different, you know, as based on what they what the uh, analysis said. But I would not be forced to use the analytics to design my game plan. So it's almost like he was suggesting that they couldn't even start thinking about the game plan until they had the analytics reports. Which to me is, that's not good. Now, this is not something that also Frank Wright said is just the Eagles do. You know, he basically said this is kind of the trend in the NFL and basically a lot of teams doing it. Which to me, that that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean it's right, in my opinion. Like I said, I think it's, some of that information is probably useful and you can use it to kind of steer your game planning with. But that's to the extent of it as far as I'm concerned. So that's kind of an interesting uh, information that came up this week. The other thing is that kind of made the media is uh, our, I like to say our friend, but I've never met him. Uh, but I have to say one of my favorite players growing up uh, watching was Seth Joyner. And Seth Joyner, of course, is is outspoken. He's always has been when he played as well as afterwards. He's got his own show and he's a, uh, an analyst for um, NBC Philadelphia. He's on their pre- and post-game shows. And he called out the Eagles cornerbacks out of that 49 game saying they're not afraid to tackle. Which are, let's face it, they're fighting words. But that's Seth Joyner. He doesn't care. And he will call you out. He's not going to you know, hold that stuff in. 
And Seth, also to his credit, the guy knows football. So what Seth know, what Seth sees, I tend to believe it. And, you know, I thought the Eagles were definitely, and I'm not just saying it was the cornerbacks. I think almost overall, in general, outside of the offensive line, I thought they definitely held their own against the 49ers and then some. I thought they played really well, actually, the offensive line of the Eagles. But outside of that, and Devontae and AJ, who also played extremely well, the rest of the team, they didn't play a heck of a, that well at all. They really didn't. They didn't get much of a pass rush. Defensive line couldn't stop the run either. Now, and again, I know it's McCaffrey, and I know the 49ers have a good offensive line, but still. They certainly could stop the pass, which has been a problem all year. And they were, that was probably the worst game. It was the worst game in terms of their tackling. It was horrible. And it was mostly in their secondary, in linebackers, and the secondary. And Seth called it out. And Slay didn't like it and kind of took umbrage with uh, what he said, and they kind of fired back at Seth. And and you know what? To me, after you just got your ass whooped, I think you just, even if you disagree with what Seth may be saying, when you get your ass kicked like you just did, you, sh- you should just shut up. Just shut up. Take it. Make it motivate you for the final week and get better. Even if you thought that you maybe were not, you know, aren't afraid to tackle or whatever. But Slay didn't do that. Slay kind of went back at Seth. Um, so hopefully that motivates the secondary and we see a, a, a better focus on tackling against Dallas. So like to me, the way I look at this game as I get into my prediction here and kind of wrap this up uh, is the Eagles need to be the more physical team. They were out physical last week. Now, again, I can almost understand why. I don't want to give him a pass because you're still paid in the NFL, still professional player. You're still need to get up for big games, and that was a big game. And Eagles didn't do that. But they are in the middle of a very, very difficult stretch of schedule, and they've had a lot of snaps versus the Bills, defensively specifically. 92 is a lot of snaps for any team. So, you know, the fact that they, you know, were able to – uh, you know, or the fact that they struggled in the physicality department, not going to give a pass. But I could see how that could happen. Still find it unacceptable. All right, so that may sound contradictory, but it really isn't. To me, you still should be bringing it every single week. Maybe you fade at the end, and maybe that's why, but they didn't have it much of that game. First quarter, they had it. That was it after that. Can't happen again versus Dallas. And I know they're still in the middle. It's not like they've had a bye week or anything. In fact, Dallas has had three extra days, just like the 49ers did. So they're going to come out the more fresher team again. But the Eagles got to suck it up, man. Suck it up. You guys got your asses kicked last week. If nothing else, that should get you through this game. To bust your ass on every single down. Because if you thought the Heat was hot in Philly this week after that performance against the 49ers, if they come out there and shit the bed again against the Cowboys and have another game of sloppy tackling, no pass rush, and are out physical again, you could turn that Heat up times 10. So I'm hoping the Eagles players are ready to take it to Dallas. Because that's the attitude they need. And that's the only way they're going to win this game. 
because Dallas is on a high. And they don't lose at home either. 14 straight games. They have won. 14-game unbeaten streak in Dallas. They have not lost in 14 games against anybody at home. So that's something else that's, you know, the Eagles are going to try to erase tonight. So they got to be physical. Dallas, you know, we're talking about the Eagles having a chip on their shoulder coming into this game because they just got whooped last week. Dallas could very well have a chip on their shoulder because they probably feel that they should have beat the Eagles in the first game. And arguably, they might be right. So they might come in an extra juiced up too. Well, they should be juiced up, just like the Eagles should be juiced up for this game. This is what make rivalry. This is what makes rivalries great. So, that being said, what's my prediction for the game? Now, keep in mind, beginning of the season when Matt and I did our preseason predictions, I had the Eagles losing this game to the Cowboys, winning the first one, and then losing this one on the road. Always something to change. In fact, the last two weeks I've changed my pick. I had the Eagles losing to the Bills, and I changed that to a win. And the Eagles, of course, came back and won. And I had the Eagles winning against the 49ers initially, and I changed that last week to a loss, as you know, if you listen to my pregame podcast. Now, I happen to be right about both of those in changing my opinion. And I was also right about the score pretty much because I, I also said not only will the Eagles lose that 49 game, but I didn't think it would be close. I ended up losing by two touchdowns. They ended up losing by three touchdowns. So I think I'm pretty good on the pulse of this team right now. So this prediction you guys may like or you may not like. Well, actually, I don't know how you would like it. I don't know why I said that. Because I am still leaning towards a loss here. I've been trying, believe me, I have been trying the last couple days to change my mind, change my pick of them losing this game to Dallas. I really have. But I can't see, you know, think about it, right? If I go back to my preseason prediction, I had them beating the 49ers, then losing to Dallas. Right? That's what the preseason pick was. But think about that again. I had them beating the 49ers and then losing the Cowboys. How can I change my pick and have them beat the Cowboys after they just got their asses handed to them by the 49ers? I guess it's always possible. But from what I saw in that 49er game, especially so I, what I saw out of Hurts being hesitant to throw and stuff like that, like I needed I needed to see more. I needed to see that all 22 show me some tell me something different than what I was assuming. And as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I did not. It confirmed what I was seeing. Everything. Him leaving the pocket too soon. Him not throwing the guys that are open. So how could I possibly, logically, other than just being a fanboy, pick the Eagles beat the Cowboys on the road in a stadium that they haven't lost in 14 games? See what I mean? Now, Matt... Earlier this week, he also had the Eagles losing this game in a close one. 
Matt, which I agree with, said this is going to be a high-scoring game. I agree. And, you know, the Eagles have to put 30 points up plus to win this game. So the offense, we can't, we, you know, and the main reason for that is we can't depend on this defense. It's, it's horrible. I just told you, they're ranked dead last in the NFL in, this, in, in passing against. And not good against the run either. They're one of the worst teams against the run too. But dead last against the pass. So the trending is, is not good at all for this game. Now, do I think the Eagles are a better team than the Cowboys? Yes. Yes, I do. But, yeah, one team heading in one direction and the Eagles heading in a different direction right now. Would I be surprised if the Eagles win this game? No. No. Of course not. And I, it's one of those picks. I mean, every time I pick against the Eagles, I hope I'm wrong. Every single time. Especially against the Cowboys. You guys don't know how painful it is for me to pick the Cowboys to beat the Eagles. But, you know, like I've always said about this podcast, you're always going to get the real. You're always going to get the real from me. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm going to point out, be critical of things that I feel that I need to point out. And this is not a fanboy podcast. I like to keep it realistic and explain the reasons behind my pick. Not just to say, I think Dallas will win. I want to give you my thoughts as to why I came to that conclusion. So I do have the Cowboys winning this game, unfortunately and sadly. I tried the last couple of days to really talk myself out of picking the Cowboys. But again, until I see them contain CeeDee Lamb, until I see this secondary stop the passing offense, until I see this defensive line start getting pressure again, which they haven't done in a few weeks, really consistently, and until I see Jalen Hurts start playing like the Jalen Hurts that we know he can play like, how am I going to pick the Eagles to go down to Dallas, especially with the way they're playing, and beat them in a primetime game? You tell me. Email me. P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. If you're picking the Eagles, I'm not going to – I mean, everyone – we're all rooting for the Eagles. Like I said, don't ever think that because I'm picking against the Eagles that I'm ever rooting against them. Never. Never. Even when I have the Eagles on my fantasy team, like this year I don't really have that many Eagles. I got Devontae Smith, and that's that's it, I think, pretty much, in my two teams. I didn't pick that many Eagles. Should have, really. Should have picked more because my teams are not doing too well. But um, – even when I have Eagle players on my fantasy team, I'm rooting. Does this make any sense? No, I'm kind of going the wrong way here. When I have teams that are playing against the Eagles, whether it's the offense or a defensive team playing against the Eagles, the offensive players and defensive team, I'm still rooting for the Eagles to beat my fantasy team. Now that I said that right. <laughs> Hopefully you're not too confused about where I was going with that. Uh, I always root for Eagles. So, uh, you know, 
And I think the Eagles can win this game. Just because I'm picking against them, don't don't think they can't they can't win the game. They absolutely can win this game. But when I have to make a pick, I'm making a pick. I'm just going to pick the Eagles just because I'm a an Eagles fan. I, I just like I said, the platform of this podcast is to give you a fan's perspective. Yes, but keeping it real, keeping it real, keeping it authentic, and uh, letting you know my thoughts one way or the other. And so. I am going to pick the Eagles to lose this game to the Cowboys. And boy, do I hope I am freaking wrong. Unfortunately, I wasn't wrong last week. I think they will lose 33 to 27. Cowboys. Um, God, it even hurts the hurts the thinking. It hurts my brain to even think that. Unfortunately, I need my Eagles to surprise me. Well, I shouldn't say surprise. I need my Eagles to wake up again, you know, be the team that we know that they are. This would be a good timing for that to happen, you know. So, with that said, enjoy the game, everyone. I will be back. Post-game podcast will be dropped after the game tonight. So make sure you come back. And listen to the pop. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's indifferent, whatever, we'll analyze it. I'll give you my thoughts. And let's hope we're talking about an Eagles victory tomorrow night. Until then, thank you again for tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And until tomorrow night, go birds! <laughs>